0: some preseason standouts among prospects around the NHL, and a quick intermission on Marco Rossi and if he can turn the ship around. All coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects.
1: You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects. will wait a few, five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. And we've got an episode for you today We're centered around the preseason uh, standouts among rookies in the NHL and prospects in general. Uh, we'll talk about a bunch of prospects uh, around the NHL that have surprised or impressed so far in, their, um, in the short sample here in the preseason, including some draft eligibles that have set themselves up fairly well um, for the upcoming season so we'll get into that in a sec before we get into that though just make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube uh leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next and if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform make sure to make us your first listen of the day it's always very much appreciated so uh special we'll start off with the preseason impressions here we'll do two segments on this because we've got a lot to talk about there's a lot of prospects that have really stood out um we'll start with two that are um Located in in Toronto, uh, they're Toronto uh, Maple Leafs prospects, and they've looked fairly decent in this short sample. I'll start here with um, Easton Cowan. First and foremost, what stood out for you in Cowan's game so far in the short sample?
1: I think that Cowan is made for a professional game, Uh, and this is something that I think a lot of public scouts noted last season, uh, especially during the playoff run with London, where he really ramped up the motor and... Uh, he plays a very, very direct and in-your-face style of hockey, yes. and he's been doing that very effectively so far with Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. Like there, like, like there was a sequence where he scored a power play goal, and he played like an NHL-caliber bumper play on that play. Like he, yep. he was fully just like one part of the machine that Toronto's power play always is, and he mm-hmm. fit in seamlessly, which was very, very impressive for an 18-year-old kid who was a bit of a reach in the late first round in terms of overall draft standing. Uh, and while he's a player that a lot of, a lot of us loved, mm-hmm. there was definitely some criticism for that, that draft selection being just as high as it was. And it makes me very, very happy that he's silencing a lot of people very quickly by showing exactly why the Leafs drafted him. And that really boils down to him being a very tenacious player who thinks the game at a high pace and can match high-end players in that regard. And as such, is a pretty seamless fit in that Michael Bunting Zach Hyman role in the top six.
0: Absolutely, I think I think that's a fantastic fit, the fit, and I think that's exactly what the Leafs are going for with the selection. They're going for that player who brings the intensity, the the more um, kind of meat and potatoes kind of element that often is missing with their high skill top six. And in terms of what Cowan could do this season, I'm I'd be extremely surprised if he makes the NHL. That that's Fairly out of the question, even though his his toolkit is very much an NHL caliber toolkit. It's 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 an NHL built toolkit, rather, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's made for the NHL. It's, it, the way he processes the game is made for the NHL. The way he plays on the puck um, and off it as well really kind of screams NHL translatability. Um, there's just a lot to develop in his game before he's there. So I think it's just a matter of time before he's sent back to London. But we'll see what happens with him and how he develops. It's going to be very interesting. But moving on to another prospect um, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, we've got Fraser Minton, who's been very, very impressive um, for me. I've been pleasantly surprised with the quality of play that he's bringing on a regular basis. Um, The small give-and-goes, the the off-puck movement, the ability to find space in the offensive zone. The way he jumps off the boards in order to make plays, there's just a lot of small details done right with Fraser Minton. And I feel like, you know, he was also a guy that not a lot of people saw in the range that the Leafs picked him. Um, he, w- he was a bit of a reach as well, but I feel like the Leafs have a very, um, very player oriented draft philosophy where they've got their guy and they're fairly certain this player is going to be an NHLer. So they'll take the pick where they get it and they won't think too much about where they're picking. They'll just focus on, you know, this guy's proud for us is is the player that we want. This is a player that we think is going to make the NHL and have a good impact and is going to complement our team well. So that's the guy we go for. Um, those are the two kind of least players so far in terms of prospects that have impressed or at least exceeded expectations or, or, la- or left an impression, which, you know, Matthew Nyes is better than both of them right now. I just don't think that it was any surprise with with Matthew Nyes. Yeah. We knew what he was going into this draft here. With Cowan and with Mitten, it's, it's a bit more of a, wow, okay, they're giving us more than we thought they'd be giving. Um, speaking of which, Zach Benson. Um, I feel like, you know, everyone thought everyone thinks of him as a long-term project. I've been saying it since pretty much December that I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Benson does a great, great job at preseason and maybe even earns a role out of, out of the lineup. I don't think it's necessarily a, a realistic possibility, but I wouldn't count it out people look at his size look at his lack of high end skating and they look at that and say okay well this this guy needs 3 4 years i'd say jack benson is a year tops away from the nhl the way he's playing right now i mean the the the, the 360 degree awareness the playmaking ability the one touch passing the the advanced awareness the, the the ability to think 2 3 steps ahead and and out, out chess his opponents is just so ridiculously good right
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, Benson's not a player who has like shocked me this preseason. I think because a, a lot of us public scouts kind of expected this going into uh, like Buffalo's training camp because mm-hmm. Zach Benson is just such a an, an elite thinking thinker of the game. He mm-hmm. he's not just able to keep up with NHL pace mentally. He is setting it already, yep. and I think that that's why so many public scouts fell in love with Zach Benson's game as well is mm-hmm. because it's so obvious when he's playing in junior competition that he's playing with his food most of the time. He knows yep. exactly how to create the biggest advantage possible on the ice
0: mm-hmm.
1: and seeing him do similar things at a lesser degree now against NHL competition is so promising to see because mm-hmm. obviously there's a bit of an adapting period there, but <laughs> He's, he's playing some excellent hockey and he's still very much playing his style of hockey. He's yep. bringing the way that he plays the game to the professional setting, which is exactly what I want him to do. And mm-hmm. uh, Buffalo fans are lucky. They have a real gem in Zach Benson and he's going to be an impactful piece for a very long time.
0: What a surprise, eh? Uh, yeah, so, one last draft eligible that I really want to mention um, because I knew he was good. I had him higher than I'd say 90% of the public scouting sphere, but by God is Felix Ungersorum just destroying the competition right now and exceeding expectations by far uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. He was, I believe their second round pick, late second round pick um, Mm -hmm. in the 2023 NHL draft, a player who, you know, I had in my early thirties, early to mid thirties. And, Everyone that I spoke to was like, yeah, I would agree with you if he were just a slightly better skater. But there's a composure to his game that you just can't teach. There's a poise to his game with the puck, an ability to stay calm when pressured from multiple directions by opponents at an NHL pace. That is just so impressive for a player who no one really had on the radar as, as still being in the preseason lineup after cuts for the Carolina freaking Hurricanes. I and mean, we're not I talking about, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're not talking about a bad team here. We're talking about a team with you know playoff contention and potential, and he's sticking around. Obviously, I'm. I it would it would take a lot for him to start the year in Carolina, but we're talking about a player who was out of the limelight for most of the year, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think at the Upper Prospects, we were really pumping his tires like mm-hmm. quite vocally because we saw that he was not getting very much attention as a prospect, at mm-hmm. least not relative to what we thought that he deserved to get in mm-hmm. terms of the limelight. And uh, I, I had him ranked 40th overall uh, in the end, which, like you, was really towards the upper end of uh, public rankings for Felix mm-hmm. unger And what makes his game so special is his combination of these professional habits, the defensive capabilities, the composure, the calmness under pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you pair that with what he flashes against junior competition and against his own age group, which is elite level playmaking ability, yeah. which has yet to really surface uh, at the professional level for him, but is always there against junior competition. So you're always hoping that that can take that jump to the next level. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you have a player who can unlock like maybe second lineup side, while retaining that fallback game of that defensive presence. And I haven't watched much of preseason game uh, action in Carolina so far uh, Mm -hmm. this year, but I'm assuming that Felix linger is making his mark specifically due to the the defense and the passing ability. And uh, those are also two things that are very, very important in Carolina in that system, which is why he fits so, so well there. And I don't doubt that he's going to get an NHL shot in the next two to three years.
0: That would be uh, a great development for Carolina, who continues to take the guys that we all love. Um, Great philosophy going on over there uh, draft-wise. But that wraps things up for our first segment. We'll continue on uh, with our kind of preseason impressions on some more prospects, including uh, the fiery and electric uh, William Eklund. But before we get into it, a quick word here from our sponsors.
1: With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for with eBay Mo- Motors. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back, which is only available to US customers. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com.
0: All right, so moving on to our second segment, Uh, before we continue with the kind of preseason impressions on these really impressive prospects, just a quick word on Marco Rossi. Um, Rossi has had a kind of a rocky start to his uh, post-draft career. Um, He got COVID, unfortunately, the year after his draft year, and that sidelined him for, I believe, a bit more than a year. Uh, and his, his return to his return to, uh, to hockey was a bit tumultuous. He's had some growing pain, some trouble kind of adapting to the, the year he spent off the ice. Um, he nearly lost his life a uh, really tragic situation with him in COVID-19. Um, but now he's back to health well he was um, was playing decently well in preseason and he just took a skate to the face in preseason. And left uh, uh, left uh, to the the, the the training drill um, to to go to the locker room. We don't have any updates, you know, any anywhere further than that. But so far it's 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 bad luck after bad luck for Rossi. Eh? I mean, is it something about the way he plays? Is it the intensity that he plays with that puts him at risk given his size, or is it just really the the, the hardest stroke of bad luck you'll ever see in your life?
1: I mean, I think it's mainly just bad luck. I, I don't yeah. think his playing style made him catch COVID. No, uh, <laughs> regarding, regarding the scape to the here. face, we, we've <laughs> seen
0: that happen but, with very, uh, very intense yeah. players, right?
1: For, for sure. I mean, when you play with the engagement and intensity that Marco Rossi plays with, you are putting yourself in harm's way in some way, shape, or form. Yep. And uh, that does include playing a lot more around the slot and getting into the dirty areas where uh, players fall more often and feet go up in the air. And when yeah. your feet have knives attached to them, uh, they can cut you. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah, definitely a possibility. But I just, I feel for him. Like he he's gotten no luck despite everything and uh, like especially of all like like playing styles where you just want a player to succeed like Marco Rossi exemplifies that just like it hurts that extra bit that he's hitting every single speed bump imaginable and uh yeah I mean hopefully he recovers quickly and is able to 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 play in the NHL this season because I think he'd be excellent but yeah it's definitely disheartening to see just how how poor his his luck has been
0: no, I definitely agree. Um, we're talking about a player who, and, and this is why we say that, that drafting is a crapshoot. Because who, who in the right mind would have predicted a global pandemic that led a prospect, a high end prospect, to miss hockey for a year and almost lose his life, and then once he returns, a couple months later, he's got to skate to the face, and and you know, it's just there's so many variables in scouting that you can't you can't hit even even seventy percent of the time given how unpredictable hockey is. So when you look at Rossi and and in his draft here, I mean, there were such obvious strengths in this game, such evident kind of pure, clear-cut, high-end strengths to his game, his processing, his shot, his playmaking ability. Um, You know, his skating's never been high-end, and for a shorter guy, that's always been a bit of a setback, but you could see how well he adapted to that, given his, his truly elite processing of the game. It just hasn't, kind of translated yet, and I feel that's more of the COVID issue and all that, because he he was doing really well in this preseason. He looked... He, I, I saw him play one of the best games I've ever seen Marco Rossi play. Um, they didn't, didn't even earn a point in that game. But He was just so impressive on every puck touch. So, to see this happening again to him, I just really feel for him, but if he can get back from this, I would not be surprised. I mean, he's a player who needs to take his chance right now. And, you know, if if... You know, the, the window's closing... But if he, he, if he catches that chance, he could be a very good player. I mean, we're talking he, he's got the top six skill set and especially yeah. the top six brain. We're just talking about proving his worth in that top six and sticking and finding his role in it because he's often he's often adapting to his teammates. He's often working off of them and adapting to what their play styles are like and what their intentions are. Rarely do I see Marco Rossi dictating play except for that one game I saw in preseason where he was making his teammates work for him rather than the opposite. And when you're an elite player, that's what you're supposed to do. You look at Austin Matthews, he's revolutionized the way that that Mitch Marner and, and Michael Bunting and Zach Hyman approach the game because they know how good he is. They know that to get results, you have to play a certain way with him. Players that are good enough they monopolize the decision making process on the, on the on the ice and I feel like Marco Rossi can become that type of player. He just hasn't shown it yet, but once he d- develops that confidence and once he gets enough reps in that he's not trying new things every game and trying to figure out what works and what not what doesn't, once he sticks to a to a to the um, to the playbook that works for him, I feel like we're going to see a top 6 Marco Rossi with high end offensive potential. Um do you still believe in that upside or is it something that you, you kind of have soured on as a year has gone have gone on?
1: Oh, I, I still believe in it. I mean, uh, I, I, I think he, he needs to get reps in at some level. Yeah. Like that, that's really the key at this point is just to get him playing games and staying healthy. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, I, I, like the skill, like like everything I've, I've watched of him post draft has just reinforced my, my, my pre-draft uh, views of him. And I, I was a very, very big fan of Marco Rossi's in his draft year. Yeah. Um. Reminds me a lot of like guys like Zach Benson, which is which are players that are just like right up my alley that I really mm-hmm. really appreciate and think are very very valuable. Yeah. Uh, but he needs to get reps in. Like he, he needs to, to to stay healthy and get minutes because uh, mm-hmm. no matter how talented you are uh, and how you process the game and the tools you have, if you're not playing, you're not owning your skills and you're not going to progress. So. Exactly. I, I I hope he's able to stay healthy, and uh, because I think that if he can, that he will be a very impactful player. He just he needs a stretch of good luck here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we still believe in the potential for Marco Rossi as a top six potential player. Um, but that wraps us up for our second segment regarding Marco Rossi and an update on how he's going. Uh, now we'll continue with our preseason impressions on uh, some NHL prospects, some NHL rookies that have stood out or exceeded expectations, including uh, William Eklund, who has been insanely good. We'll get right into that right after these messages from our sponsors. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I take AG1 because I was honestly just tired of taking so many supplements um, when I was trying to kind of take care of my health. It made things difficult in terms of routine, but now I drink AG1 in the morning just before my coffee, and it really makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body Uh, and and makes me feel like I'm ready for the day that I'm I'm ready to take it on. Sometimes it wakes me up better than my coffee, honestly. Um, I started drinking AG1 um, right after the end of the pandemic when I was trying to get back into healthy routines. Um, And it it really helps when you build a routine around it Um, because it's quite easy to kind of fit it seamlessly into your morning routine. If you get up, go to the kitchen, make yourself a coffee. It's really easy to just fill a, a glass of water, drop some AG1 in there and drink it um, and it, it's a quick way to kind of replace your mu- multivitamin pri- probiotic kind of supplements. Um, a very easy way to kind of give yourself a healthy foundation of, of routine in the morning. All great athletes have one in the one thing in common is that they take care of their bodies well. Um, and the huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health, uh, and creating routines in the morning. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, um, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs when you you make your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. Wrapping things up here with our third segment here uh, at Locked on NHL Prospects on today's episode, we'll be continuing our breakdown of some preseason standouts among rookies or prospects in the NHL. Um, So far, this preseason has been really interesting in terms of seeing where players are at in their development. I have been extremely impressed with William Eklund of the San Jose Sharks. He was a player I had first overall in this draft year ahead of Owen Power, ahead of Luke Hughes and, so far, it, he hasn't stuck to an NHL lineup, but the way he's been playing right now in San Jose, he's essentially cemented himself as a as a as a roster player, and has even put himself in the conversation to be a regular in the top six. He's been that good, um, electrifying on the puck, able to find the smallest pockets of space and exploit them. He's able to move back and forth between open space and the boards. Um, Comfortable on the forecheck, comfortable on the back check, has been involved defensively. He's, he's, he's used the skating a lot better, I feel, as well, to to kind of create those board-to-middle chances for himself, um, not just in terms of his passing ability, but also his ability to um, to just attack the slot himself. I've just been astounded with William Eklund. What do you think is the, the top end for him so far? I mean, has that changed since his draft year, or are we still talking about a player who has the potential of a first-liner?
1: I, th- I think first liner is still within the mix. Uh, I, I don't think that he's developed quite th- at the same level as guys like Matty Beniers and Own Power have since their draft years. Uh, that said, uh, I, I still think that his skill level, his processing ability, his overall finesse in the game are mm-hmm. still enough uh, for him to establish that top line type of role. On a contending team, and I, I'm not entirely sure that he can be like, like the line driver in that type of scenario anymore. Yeah. But uh, I, I definitely think that top line is well within the, the plausible range of, of upside there.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, you, you look at his play style, and you just you said it like finesse is the word. Like everything he yeah. does has so much finesse and, and intricacy to it, and creativity. It's just. It's so interesting to go to see him go about it. And, and the way that he kind of carries himself on the ice really reminds me of a player that genuinely has the confidence um, to make it work. I, I look at him and I see a bit of that Jesper Bratt element um, where he's, he's making quick plays, he's making smart passes. Every puck touch he, he he created in this preseason so far improved the condition of the puck. Um, every time he got the puck, the when it left his stick, it was going somewhere that was better than where he got it which is what I look for in high-end players. And William Eklund, to make a long story short, William Eklund is a fantastic hockey player and has improved his game in the softies in ways that I didn't properly expect from him. Um, I was starting to get worried about how my first overall uh, ranking of him in his draft year would look with hindsight, but he's making me look pretty smart right now. So we'll see how that develops. Um, But moving on to another player um, who I was most definitely higher on than most, Mackie Samuskevich out of the Florida Panthers. It was a second-round pick of theirs, and I had him in the first, first round. It. Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. In really first round there, that's right. Yeah. Um, I had him ahead of Matt Coronado, who went uh, top 12, top 13 in his draft year. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, same draft year. They were playing on the same team with the Chicago Steel, but I have always been more of a fan of Samuskevich's game and his ability to play under under pressure, his ability to to move in and out of pockets really quickly. I mean, just talk me through what you like about Mackie Samaskevic Cause I feel like you're, you're also a major fan of his, right?
1: Oh yeah. He's so much fun. Uh, Mackie plays, uh, a game also with finesse. Uh, this is a player who, who's very, very smooth in his execution of plays. He, uh, tries to find creative solutions to problems. Um, yep. and, and overall, just plays the game in a really beautiful way. He's also quite engaged. He has a fairly high motor, so he's not like the type of skill finesse player. He was just like buzzing around doing his own thing. He's very much always like, purpose driven and uh, really like orients all of his plays around getting pucks towards the slot and towards high danger danger areas. Yeah. And uh, last season in Michigan, I thought he's, he he stole a spotlight in every single ship that he was on the ice. Like even Absolutely. when he's on the ice with guys like Fantilli. Uh, Semiskevich was the one that was catching my eye, uh, like really quite magnetic force in college uh, for Samiskevich. And I thought he took a massive, massive step in that season. I thought that he progressed a ton uh, last year, and uh, I'm not at all surprised that he's uh, impressing in preseason now because he's a solid player that can be a real difference maker at the NHL level, probably on a second line, but being like, mm-hmm. like the primary skill piece on that line, the primary playmaker, but also has has a decent enough shot to finish on opportunities. And he gets to high danger areas off puck, Uh, Mm a really fun, complete offensive player. The defensive game is still a bit hit or miss, but uh, there's been some level of progress there. And because he's quite engaged and he has a high motor, Mm -hmm. he can apply some good pressure defensively. He's just, he doesn't like like switch assignments very fluidly and just overall a bit, a bit chaotic, but he, he, he puts it in work. Depends yeah at the very that's
0: least. what i was gonna say like he tries that like you he, he, can clearly sure. see that he's trying it's just it's yeah. uh it's it's where to put where his head's at sometimes that's a bit hit or miss but he's constantly like putting in the effort and trying it to, to do the right things it's just a matter of being aware of more variables um when he's in his own zone um yeah just a player who constantly catches your eye right i mean he's just he's constantly kind of he, he like the puck gravitates to him to start with and then most of the things he does with it are just mind-blowingly skillful, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, we'll move on to a completely different style of player in Matthew Poitras. Um Poitras Very different, an, yeah. He's not dynamic by any means. He's not electric by any means. But I see him as this very simple but very efficient player. Um, a lot of his puck touches come in dangerous areas. A lot of the chances he creates come from de- uh, you know occur in dangerous areas. The way he gets to them isn't the same way that Samuskovich does. Samuskovich will. Will work hard and will will outskill his opponents. He'll cut inside their their feet. He'll read their, the, the 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 direction of their feet and cut across it. Um, he he'll pull off great dekes and that kind of stuff. He'll he'll outskate opponents as well. Batra is a lot more. He's a lot more methodical in the way that he approaches the game of hockey, and that has its merits, especially in a system in Boston that is fairly you know that that that. Uh, it rewards the rudimentary aspects of the game rather than the more flair, you know, elements of the game. Patra, I feel, is going to thrive in Boston. And so far, he's been really good. He scored in his first game uh, for Boston. Um, a lot of his puck touches, like I said, very simple plays, give and goes, very rarely makes a deke. Often, it's just delegating and moving into space, which works as well. Um, it's great to have deeks in your arsenal, but. Whatever works works at the NHL level, and if it's efficient and it's and it's effective, doesn't matter. And I feel like Podcha could carve out a role. I see him more as a middle six player, but that that's you know that's an upgrade on what my initial assessment was of him. I saw him more as a bottom six kind of scoring winger type of player, but he's. He's become a lot more of a Swiss Army knife. Um, improved defensively. Improved the skating a bit. He's, you know, there, there's there are more elements to his game to like now. I don't see him as the one chick pony that I saw in his draft year. So, I'm I'm fairly confident that Podchay is eventually going to be an NHLer. I just I wouldn't, you know, if you're a if you're a Boston Bruins fan watching this, I wouldn't expect anything, you know, within the top six as a regular. You know, he can. He can take a shift or two in the middle six. Uh, uh, you know, he, he can take a, a shift or two, rather, in the top six. You know, on the second line, the kind of thing as a complimentary player. But don't expect a proper top-end regular top six player. I, I'd be very surprised still, even though I'm very impressed with what I saw. Um, and to close things off, um, your thoughts on Aturatu, uh, who was recently traded to the uh, Vancouver Canucks in the Bojara trade. How has he looked? What do you like from him? And has his projection changed at all since his draft year?
1: I don't think his projections changed much at all. And that's a g- good thing to me. Uh, like, yes, his D plus one was a massive breakout offensively in terms of production. But my projection of him as a player has kind of been the same going back to like the beginning of his draft year when he was still touted as like that top five, top 10 candidate. Mm-hmm. Um I, I still see him as a really intelligent um, meat and potatoes two way center. He can do a lot of things really damn well and mm-hmm. he's been showing that off this preseason with the Canucks. Uh I, I've liked his play in all three zones in mm-hmm. preseason. I think that he's playing better off puck than he was last year, just steady progression Absolutely. there. Yeah. Um and yeah, so I, I think his projection's been like quite quite steady in my mind, which I just find kind of amusing because he's kind of gone through a roller coaster of like public opinion. Yep. Uh so I, I, I kind of feel for him because he's just a very, very simple, straightforward player and mm-hmm. has had streaks where he's either produced not very much or a ton. And then you get him to like yo-yo between like the extremes of projection when I think he's just going to be a really solid, like third line centerman, maybe, maybe a really decent second line centerman if the upside can really push it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if the goal scoring and the overall offensive instincts can take a jump, I think mm-hmm. that's quite possible. Uh, but either way, you're getting a really valuable asset here, and I thought that he was a great get in that Boho Horvat trade, and he's progressing nicely.
0: Absolutely, I fully agree. But that wraps things up for today's segment, um, and, well, rather this episode... Well, that wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk, about, to talk about next. And if you have any questions about prospects, leave them down below. We always read our questions. Leave the best for our uh, mailbag segments. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. Uh, for your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports. Um, you know, within the Locked On channel. Uh, and for your for your uh, Oh, my God, I'm short-circuiting right now. You're fine. And make sure to tune in for our next episode as we discuss uh, some of the prospects that we put on waivers. Andrew Cristal and our Game on the Line segment is back for this next episode. This has been Hattie
1: Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.